0: Welcome to Cup of Cubby Blue. Your baseball is being played in a pandemic home for Cubs news, updates, and banter. We're the official podcast of Bleed Cubby Blue, which is part of the SB Nation family of team sites. And you can find us on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast by searching for Bleed Cubby Blue. You can also find us on BleedCubbyBlue.com, and we bless every episode and related content from our Twitter at Cup of Cubby Blue, so make sure you're following my name is Sarah Sanchez, and I write about baseball again, at least for now, although I'm looking at my watch, and I'm not sure that's going to be true for very much longer.
1: Hi, guys. Andy Cruz-Vanisek, and I am, yes, I'm on in the camp of how much longer do we get baseball? Let's hurry up and play a bunch of games because this season is about to go down the drain. You know, I was originally going to start this episode with the Comcast deal because
0: I thought that that was crazy how that came together at the very last minute, but I'm not. I'm going to start this deal, this podcast, with What is going on with these teams and their positive tests and not staying in their hotel rooms and understanding that we are still living in a pandemic, people? So I'm going to start this with the Marlins. In case you live under a rock or have not been paying attention to baseball, the Marlins have a massive coronavirus outbreak. It started with one player on the second day of the season. By the end of the weekend, they were up to 14 of 30 players on their roster, plus a handful of coaches yesterday that number went up. They're now up to 17 players out of 30. There's full on panic mode for the Marlins. But this doesn't just affect the Marlins, because they apparently held like some team meeting via text or Twitter or something, and sent a bunch of messages where they decided to play Sunday night. And that meant that the Phillies who they were playing were also at risk. And You know, we're going to talk about the fact that apparently all you have to do to play baseball in a pandemic is just, like, text your teammates and be like, hey, guys, are you fine? Sure, we're fine. You fine? Um, (laughs) Like, also, putting other teams at risk is so not cool. So now the Phillies and the Marlins have both been shut down for the better part of a week. The Marlins have more than half of their team infected. They're trying to figure out how to field a team at all. The Phillies have not had any positives amongst their players yet, as I talk. That could change any minute. They have had a positive with a home uh, team clubhouse staff personnel, a coach, and two visiting team clubhouse staff personnel. So we're watching that situation carefully. But then Andy dropped this bomb on me. And Andy, it's your news. Drop
1: it. (laughs) Well, okay. Before we go any further, I just want to say life comes at you fast. And I just read this morning that the Marlins number is up to 19. So, (laughs) yeah, so this thing is not slowing down. It's moving in the wrong direction. And I just want to run through this real quick before I drop this news. I just read this tweet by Scott Lauber, who is going down all the postponements this week. And there are six teams now. Actually, no, there's not. There's eight teams now that are inactive on Friday because of the coronavirus. Phillies had seven games postponed because of the coronavirus. Marlins, seven games. Yankees, four games. Orioles, four games. Blue Jays, three games, Nationals, three games, Cardinals, a game, Brewers, a game. Now, I do take that back because it is only um, six teams that are not in action because the Yankees and Oreos are um, playing each other. But those were the games that they had postponed because of the coronavirus. So this thing is not just in the East anymore, thanks to the Cardinals. I have read several tweets, and it would not be hard to find, and probably by the time this podcast gets released, it will be all over the place, that there are folks in Minnesota that were talking about this even before the positive test came back, that there were players out and about, Cardinals players out and about in Minnesota during their two-game series. I also just read another tweet that this was just this is just a fan I believe tweeting this, but I I don't even I didn't even think this way, but this is a um, this is a, a good way to look at it. Especially you and I have spoken about this many times on this podcast. The fact that umpires are not wearing masks, and if one of those positive tests is Yadier Molina or one of their catchers, they need to really examine how closely they are. Um, watching the umpires and making sure umpires are wearing masks because those two catcher and umpire are in such close proximity they're breathing all over each other the entire game so I, I just I don't know I'm just mind blown right now I don't know how this season even continues on after this this is just this is insanity I mean
0: this thing about the Cardinals is really <laughs> look it, it was it was already bad I was already upset about the Marlins. I was already upset about the Phillies. I understand why that cascaded into, like, half of the teams in the East missing games this week. That makes perfect sense, given what we know of this virus and how it spreads. The Cardinals adding themselves into this mix is just like, what? Like, why are you out? Go back to your hotel room. Stop pretending you don't play in a pa- we still live in a pandemic people like if if a few selfish players from a handful of teams ruin this season i am i'm going to lose my mind this is I, i've never seen such a more perfect microcosm of exactly what the rest of us are dealing with right now we're like 20% of you just can't wear a mask and have to go party so the rest of us are living in the ninth ring of hell like this is nuts
1: um, and just, just to, um, just to add this to because the, I mean, there's news like add it. Yes, I mean just add const- it <laughs> constantly. While we're recording this this morning, Ken Rosenthal just retweeted somebody saying that if it is only these two players that test positive for the Cardinals, the series will be played in Milwaukee starting on Saturday. I don't know if that's smart. I feel like that's no, really dumb. Yeah.
0: I feel like because those two done. look look at the math on the Phillies people look at how this works you have one person on Friday you have four on Saturday you have 11 on Sunday you have 17 on Monday like come on this is what exponent this is that exponential spread thing this is what we were told in March when they shut down the season you cannot have one or two people and think that you're you're okay if those people just sit out that's not how any of this works
1: yeah it... I'm just I, – I, I don't even know <laughs> – I don't even know where we go from here. I mean, I am certainly not getting my hopes up that baseball continues because, you know, when it was in the East and it wasn't really affecting our division and the teams that we play, you kind of feel like maybe they can just keep it there. But clearly these players think that it's okay and that the rules don't apply to them and coronavirus is not going to get them when they are out on the road or doing whatever it is they're doing because these people are just acting very recklessly and very selfishly and they're going to ruin it for everyone and it it wasn't you know 100 percent safe to begin with nobody was felt completely confident that the whole season would get played but this is a good way to just halt it at the beginning altogether you know i mean i just I don't understand. It's so frustrating. And I'm so kind of over people thinking that this does not apply to them.
0: Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't have anything else to add there. I mean, I'm sure by the time we drop this episode, there will have been announcements and more things said. And I hope somebody, I hope some intrepid reporter in St. Louis and Miami is tracking down how these outbreaks started and whether players were actually out or not. Because it is one thing if you were doing everything right and you caught the coronavirus through no fault of your own because an umpire was there not wearing a mask, or, like, a person who you bumped into in the hotel that you don't even know came too close to you, or I think in the Marlins case, the the competing stories are, the Marlins are saying that it was, like, a flight attendant on their flight, which the flight crew says can't be possible because everybody tested negative on the flight crew, and there's rumors that they went out to a club in Atlanta Uh, prior to the season starting. And one of these is very different than the other. If you start the outbreak because you think you're invincible at 25 years old and you went out to a club, that is just selfish and terrible. And frankly, like MLB has rules in their 113-whatever-page document, which I have zero faith in, um, that say you'll lose pay for that. So it's not like that's a offense that is going to be that is going to result in nothing but also like don't be that person don't be the person who takes major league baseball away from everybody because you just had to go to a club on friday night i just can't even fathom being that person
1: yeah it, it, it it's i there's no logic or rationale behind it that could even begin to make me think it was okay I mean, it it just, I mean, come on, come on, you know, I mean, let us have baseball. Stop being idiots. It's not hard. It is not hard. I mean, at this point,
0: it feels like baseball is going to go the direction of everything else that we can't have because a handful of people just can't be bothered to make sacrifices for a short amount of time, which congratulations. That's great. Good job, everybody. Um, Speaking of things that may be affected, by the pandemic and baseball. Apparently, MLB is proposing seven inning doubleheaders <laughs> to combat some of this, uh, mainly because, I mean, if you look at the Phillies and Marlins' schedules this week, and the Yankees and the Orioles and the Nationals, uh, you see how many t- games teams are missing because of this, and it looks like they're going to need to play a lot <laughs> of <laughs> doubleheaders later to even try to get close to teams playing the same number of games I mean, as a Cubs fan, the seven-inning doubleheader doesn't make me feel too terrible because our bullpen seems to suck again. So I think seven-inning doubleheaders are great for the Cubs, but I'm not sure what I think about this rule change overall. What do you think, Andy?
1: Well, <laughs> I i mean, all you can do is laugh at this point. I mean, it, it's just <laughs> – I mean – Oh goodness. Okay. So I understand why the seven innings. I just never really thought I would see it in my lifetime happening to baseball. Um, keep in mind in softball, we play seven innings anyway, so it's nothing new to me, but just to, to watch a baseball game be seven innings is just a little strange. However, I'm extremely excited because that's less torture I have to face as a Chicago Cubs fan <laughs> watching our bullpen try to get outs. Like, For me, that side of it is, yes, two less innings I have to be tortured. But, you know, how is this going to work? Like, I'm assuming that if someone goes in and pitches seven innings, like a Kyle Hendricks and has a complete game in, like, I don't know, 89 pitches, what, I mean... (laughs) How does that work? That's not a Maddox. That's not a Maddox. I know. It's like clown. That's what I'm saying. It's like that, you know, you're kind of, I don't know. I mean, it you got to prorate the Maddox. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> but I get it because the wear and tear this season, scrambling to, to shove all these games into, you know, 60 something days is definitely a concern. So I understand the wear and tear when there's going to be so many double headers. You do kind of have to look at it from, preserving your players and making sure that they're all healthy to play what we hope and pray is a normal 2021 season. I mean, at this point, we cannot ask people to abide by any rules or concepts that will keep people safe. So I don't know how we can even expect that 2021 will be a normal season. But, you know, I digress that the seven innings make sense for this season I just honestly thought I'd never see it in my lifetime in baseball, professional baseball. It's just, like I said, just just laugh. That's all you can do.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I, I was kind of shocked to see this, but also understand the rationale behind it, particularly when you have teams that where their rosters are just getting wrecked by in, not just COVID IL injuries. Um, you know, Justin Verlander is hurt. Corey Kluber is hurt. Marcus Stroman is hurt. Eduardo Rodriguez has myocarditis as a complication of COVID. So that's a, that's a huge issue that could potentially affect his entire career. I like really hope he gets healthy and we get to see him pitch again at some point. I, there are a lot of teams dealing with injuries and ramp up issues right now. I think I looked at some stats a couple of days ago and like, Hitting five innings at this point as a starter is just like, you know, gold star time. <laughs> like Even qualifying for a win in this season is really hard. So I, I understand why they're doing it. It makes sense from a perspective of the number of innings that teams have available to them. It's also, like Andy said, just wild to see it happening in Major League Baseball. Everything about 2020 is wild, including... The Cubs are kind of wild. Like, I think this is crazy. Uh, their hitting is just on fire. The starting pitching is also on fire. We're going to get into this with a couple of games. And the bullpen is giving me a heart attack. Andy, what is your early read on the Cubs?
1: Oh, my goodness. Um, okay. So as far as are we just talking pitching or all all around everything?
0: You know, let's do this like old school. This is our podcast where we talk about the Chicago Cubs series by series. Let's talk about their games and what we have seen this week. Okay.
1: So we have not recorded since opening day. And so we've seen two series now, two series that the Cubs have won. Um, the red series got cut short and they took two or three. They took two or three against Milwaukee. Honestly, I am, I am surprised and happy that we are four and two right now, exiting two series against division foes, where um, we, you know, won both series and actually played some pretty okay baseball. I say pretty okay because we have some notoriously so slow starters offensively on our team that have kind of showed up. Rizzo is not starting slow. He leads the team with home runs right now with three. Um, his approach. Still ridiculously amazing. Um, just, I mean, you know, he's not hes not backing down from crowding the plate, which we all know would never happen. He's gotten hit a couple times. That's going to happen. That's a free base. We don't want to see our, our captain go down. But at the same time, he's very intelligent. He's very smart. He knows what he's doing up there. Um, now if we could say the same about the pitching. i The starters have looked – I am honestly shocked that our two losses right now come at the hands of you, Darvish, and Hendricks' second start. That is insane to me because my concern was the back end of the rotation, where I'm sure a lot of people had the same concern. Chatwood, Lester, Mills. Wow. They looked yeah. amazing. They looked so good. Like, I am, I'm thoroughly impressed with them. Granted, we have a small sam- sample size right now to go on, but. If anything, I thought it would be the opposite. I thought we'd start off very slow. We'd maybe take a thumping in one of those two, one of those three starts, and we did not. I mean, all three of them got their wins. Just awesome! What a way to to start the season. Now the bullpen. Oh dear God. Um, well,
0: before you jump into the bullpen, yeah. I just want to echo what you said about the starters, which is. Look, Kyle Hendricks' first start, he did not even look like Kyle Hendricks. That curveball he's added to his arsenal is absolutely nasty. I didn't think he had it in him. (laughs) And he was just mystifying the Brewers lineup. It It was incredible. But beyond that, I think what Tyler Chatwood did might have been the most impressive thing because all of us saw Chatwood struggle with giving up walks to everybody in the land when he came over to the Chicago Cubs. And I don't know what he's done between now and then to fix that, but he was absolutely lights out. He has a higher K per nine rate right now than you, Darvish, does. And that's not going to sustain over a 60-game season if we get through a 60-game season. But to put it in perspective, he's literally just like mystifying people with that cutter, which is insane.
1: I mean, listen, everybody knows how, how vocal I was um, specifically about Tyler Chatwood when he was walking the entire land. And it was one of those things where you look back and you're like, yes, I was harsh. I was brutal. I was frustrated. Here's the thing. If we're frustrated as fans watching somebody struggle, think of how they're feeling. So whatever Chatwood did I don't know if we need to thank John Baker for this or who we need to thank for this, but he figured it out. And wow, he looks like the Colorado Tyler Chat- Chatwood that we thought we were getting, honestly. I mean, and I- I'm so impressed with his turnaround. And, you know, I had a couple, you know, obviously I live in St. Louis. I talked to a lot of Cardinals fans and I talked to a couple of Cardinals fans before the season started. And they kind of chuckled at our rotation and how the back end of our rotation was. Um, for some a big question mark and whether or not they would be able to pull out a couple wins here and there and definitely not look dominant or definitely not look you know steady and Chatwood was one that was brought up a couple times you know well that guy you know he walks everybody he's so inconsistent he has control problems blah 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 and I just kind of sit back and let them say what they need to say to feel better about things and um, it it just kind of to me in my head I'm like this is an argument I'm not going to get into I'm just going to let chat would do his thing and they can, you know, figure it out that way. So the funny part is I have not heard from any of those folks um, since the season has started. And I know that they're watching. I know that they're looking at what the Cubs are doing because uh, this is a short season. Anything can happen. And I definitely, like you and I have said many times, I really honestly feel like this short shortened season is going to benefit this rotation And hopefully they can just keep putting some wins away like they did this this first uh, couple series.
0: Yeah, I agree. I I did not mean to cut off your ranting about the Cubs bullpen, which is also the bane of my existence right now. So by all means, (laughs) let's talk about the bullpen, which (laughs) let's be really clear. You cannot have a bullpen giving up runs and home runs and walking all of the people like the Cubs bullpen has done this last week. If you think you're going to contend, in twenty in any season, in, in, in any stretch of games, whether it's a week, thirty games, sixty games, whatever, this is this is out of hand and uncontrollable.
1: Andy, I did not mean to steal your fire. Before go ahead, no, 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 you're good, you're good. So yeah, I mean, obviously the the bullpen is a concern. Um, something that makes me feel better, and this is kind of off topic, but in that first series, the Milwaukee series, of course, that's somebody that. Um, their fan base and their team thinks of us as a rival, probably more so than we do them. Um, but Christian Yelich went, a a, a God awful one for 13 against the Chicago Cubs that series. And that includes his at-bats against our bullpen. So there is that, um, <laughs> he was only able to muster out one hit and yes, it was a two run home run to, um, center field, which, um, was well over 400 feet but still it does not matter he went one for 13 I will take that um really very little to to talk about in a positive sense for the bullpen I feel like uh Jeremy Jeffress is definitely somebody to keep your eye on he came in and cleaned up um um who did he whose mess did he clean up It was Craig Kimbrell. It was Craig Kimbrell. Craig Kimbrell, who
0: pitched Ah. in the ninth when the Cubs had an 8-5 to lead and managed to give me a heart attack by walking a batter, getting a ground out, hitting a batter, walking two more batters. He threw 34 pitches. Almost like more than half of them were balls. He was incredibly wild. And I, I I don't even understand how he got through six batters. Like I, I know there's a three batter minimum, but I would have probably pulled him after the after the second walk. I just
1: that game was a lot closer than it should have been. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was Monday against the Reds. Um, terrible. Yeah, that was that was. The game where at one point we were winning seven to nothing in the top of the sixth, and the Reds came all the way back and scored seven runs in the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth innings, which is crazy. But Jeremy Jeffress, I mean, high stress, high pressure. Oh, yeah, bases loaded. Yeah, a situation, bottom wow. of the ninth came in and, you know, threw a strike. <laughs> yes. Someone in our bullpen threw a strike and let the batter hit the ball and let his defense do the work, which is all it took. That's all it took. And um, you knew that those Reds hitters were going up there and just watching and watching and watching, because why not? Because let's let the Cubs bullpen walk the land and that's what they were doing. So yeah, it was, um, that was a real highlight for me. Um, A couple people that, I am really struggling with because you want to see them do well and you know that they have the stuff. Dylan Maples is somebody that is just so increasingly infuriating because you know his stuff would be so nasty. If he could just harness his, his control just a little bit, it would be ridiculous. I mean, he would be somebody that if, if we could rely on him, if we could be confident in his stuff, oh gosh man what what an arm out of the bullpen but he's just it's not there right now it's not there and I don't know that it will be to be quite honest um when Dylan Maples came into the game on I guess it was Wednesday uh Wednesday night
0: I was so excited I was like okay if Maple shows some control this is gonna be great because the Cubs had just come back and made a laugher into an actual game again and all of the sudden – and all he did was just throw balls. It was, and not balls that were particularly close. Like, I was – I had a vision in my head of that scene from Major League where he's like, ball four, ball eight, ball 12.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. And that's – it is – oh, gosh. Uh, you know, and you just – I just – honestly, there was a point in this game This was still speaking on Monday where I couldn't even watch. I literally just stared at my husband and I'm like, tell me what happens. Cause I can't even watch <laughs> like, this is, it, it, it's just, when everything seems to be going well, going right, you know, that there's always going to be one thing that can't work out perfectly, but why is there so many people out of the bullpen that cannot work out perfectly? Like it's, that's your job. That's what you do. Like figure it out. You know, I mean, somebody's got to step up and be the leader out of the bullpen. And if it's Jeremy Jeffress, I'm on board with that. Like, like I said, he, he handled himself well. I know he's probably going to have a hiccup or two because everybody seems to do that at some point, but I'm so happy that he emerged on Monday and, and came out and kind of, and the thing that makes me excited, I know we've talked about this before, and there was a couple of games before the season started where we saw this happen. I think it was with Underwood jr you see somebody come into a pressure situation, a situation where you know that they are sweating bullets and probably want to throw up. And this is now the regular season. So, you know, there is, you definitely want to scratch out a win where you can. So when, after he got that last out to see his teammates, like really like enthusiastically giving him fives and like, really like, yeah, man, yeah, way to go, you know, like kind of pumping him up and kind of that, that look and feel of, I'm glad you're on my team type thing. Like, I love that. For me, that is motivation to that particular player to keep it there, you know, be the guy that we trust, be the guy that we can rely on. And I'm really hoping that did something for him because Lord knows there's very few people that we can rely on in that bullpen right now. And we'll take every bit of what we can get right now. It's just, it's insane to me that we have so many arms with such potential that can't get the job done.
0: Yeah, I agree with all of that. A couple of notes about the bullpen. Maples has been sent back to South Bend to hang out with the taxi squad for a while and figure out how to st- throw strikes. Uh, Casey Sadler has had two appearances, one where he looked real bad and one where he looked really good. I'm cautiously optimistic that really good Sadler is the real Sadler. Tapera and, and Wick have both looked outstanding, so it's not like every arm in the Cubs bullpen has been not great. Um, Rowan Wick, if y'all remember, was closing at the end of 2019 when Craig Kimbrell couldn't get any out. So that's who Madden went to when Kimbrell was struggling. I think that Andy is right that Jeffress gets that ball for now, mainly because he has experience closing with the Brewers before. But don't sleep on Rowan Wick. I think Rowan Wick could do some damage. Uh, We're going to take a quick break, but I do want to talk a little bit about the Cubs hitting before we do that. The bats are on fire. I mean, I don't, I don't really know what to say. They, they look outstanding. They're just gnashing the baseball everywhere. <laughs> and I'm here for it. Anthony Rizzo, Wilson Contreras both look great. Javi Baez looked like he was getting off to a slow start and then had himself a double and two home run type of game. So I think Javi is fine. I actually really loved a quote from former first baseman Mark Grace about that in the pregame show where he said, I worry about volcanoes and hurricanes and natural disasters. I don't worry about Javi Baez. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. Good old Mark. Um, But, yeah, Andy, before we take a quick break, what do you see from the Cubs bats?
1: Yo, Nico Horner, give that man the job. Call him your second baseman. It's done. It's settled. Kipnis has started out well. But Nico Horner, I am in love with this kid, like just and defensively. I mean, he is the whole package and he has gone out there and just hit. And in situations when we need him to hit, he's done it. I mean, I am so happy for him. He's he's on such a a, a hot start. I just hope that carries over and he can keep it up because he is he is he's all that and he's he's going to show us what he can do even more. I am all about Nico Horner. Yay, Nico! Keep it up, kid.
0: Uh, yeah, Nico is on fire. I think he's hitting like three eighty nine or something. Three eighty nine, so yeah. Three eighty nine. That is insane. Go ahead, Nico. Yeah, I, th- I think I think that's your job, Nico. If you want it, uh, I don't think anybody's coming to take it from you. We are going to take a quick break. On the flip side, we're going to talk uh, about more news from in and around the league. We are also going to look ahead to the cubs Pirate series that is supposed to start at Wrigley Field on Friday, assuming that, you know, baseball is still being played. But first, a word from our sponsors. And we're back. So it looks like uh, we have a few things going on in and around the league that I want to talk about before we close out with some Cubs notes from the Cubs Pirates series. First off, Andy, have you seen any of these extra inning games yet? What do you think of the runner starting on second and the 10th? <laughs>
1: um I mean, I guess it works for now, you know? I what there's been one game that went to 11. Um <laughs> that went to the 11th inning. Yeah, I mean, you again, this is this is a situation where you have to think about preservation of your players and and um, the wear and tear that their body endures. I mean, this is a professional sport. These guys are all at the top of their physical, you know, um, what they can handle. And you you really, you have to keep that in mind. You're shoving so many games in such a small amount of time. You definitely have to look at ways that you can um, speed up the process and, and not go, you know, 18, 20 innings like we've seen happen before. I, it's not the worst thing i mean there's definitely other things i'm more upset about it's not it doesn't feel like professional baseball much like a seven inning game won't but for this season for the situation for the circumstances I, I, it's fine you know it works for me it gets the job done like i said we've had one game go into the into 11 innings um and and, and it works you know it, it got the job done so i mean i i don't I don't hate it. I don't love it. it it's, it doesn't, I, I don't want to say I'm neutral on it. I don't want to see it last forever. Like this season is fine. We can do it now and then be done with it. Um, but yeah, it just doesn't feel like professional baseball. <laughs> I feel like I, you know, when they, when they talk about it and they're kind of laughing about it and the games that it's happened um, I feel like I'm watching like, you know, men's competitive slow pitch softball or something like it, it just, <laughs> just doesn't feel like major league baseball to me but I get it. it it makes sense for for the time and what we're what we're experiencing
0: yeah I agree with that I um. so the first day that this happened was actually like opening night I think it was the athletics game and I, I'm I'm not, I'm not gonna lie like they had a walk-off grand slam in this game and it felt anticlimactic to me and I was just angry about it I was like how did you ruin a walk-off grand slam how did it become that like a walk-off Grand Slam is not just a joyous, monumentous moment. And it just wasn't, it just felt kind of flat to me. And I don't know if it's because it's what you were saying about, it's like slow pitch softball or it's like something else, but it just didn't have that same punch that a walk-off Grand Slam is supposed to have. So I agree with you. It is shortening games. It's doing what it is supposed to do. I just am not sure I'm a fan yet. And I, I, Frankly, Manfred ball kind of drives me crazy. Um, But I understand the reasons for trying out just about anything in this season to try to get baseball to happen at all as teams are just getting shut down left and right. Um, Speaking of other things that are going on in and around the league. So y'all knew there was going to be some drama when the Dodgers faced the Astros. Joe Kelly, who was not a member of the 2017 Dodgers, but I guess he was with the Red Sox then, so maybe he has some like you know, angst towards the Astros too. I don't know. Um, went head hunting. He threw a 96-mile-per-hour fastball behind Alex Bregman's head uh, to put Alex Bregman on base. And then two batters later when Carlos Correa was up, he threw an 87-mile-per-hour change up at Carlos Correa's head. That cleared the benches in... LA uh, or Houston I think they were in Houston actually where it's hard to tell where they're playing because if you don't watch the whole game you don't see all the cues about where they're playing with no fans and everything like that Um, regardless it cleared the benches despite the fact that MLB says that fighting is strictly prohibited there did not appear to be a lot of social distancing and or mask wearing in this bench clearing incident although there was no fighting What do you think – oh, and he was suspended for eight games, which is a pretty sizable suspension in a 60-game season. A lot of people are speculating that will be reduced on appeal. Andy, what do you think of Joe Kelly? What do you think of these eight games? Is this the
1: right reaction to the cheating Astros, or do we need to do something else? Well, I am extremely disappointed in how this whole thing was handled by the Dodgers, um, or I guess more so Joe Kelly, because I'm I'm guessing that nobody called for that to happen. Um, I – have no problem with the Astros being tormented. Um, I think that there has been many, many distractions this season that have made people, people forget that it was not that long ago when the Astros were proven to be cheaters and won um, some pretty big things uh, while cheating. So, As far as I'm concerned, the Astros deserve everything they get. I think it's – I I do do have a a but in here, I promise. Um, I do think it's ridiculous that um, so many of these players were given immunity to speak about um, the scandal honestly, and I still don't think we got the full truth. So, but, but, I will say but, throwing at people's heads – is never okay. I don't care what you think the justification is. You can throw at their butt, you can throw at their leg, you can throw at their feet, you can throw their midsection. Pitchers know the meaty parts of the body where it does not hurt as much and you're still sending a signal. And to be quite honest, the Astros, I'm sure, expect that it's coming. I'm sure that they expect it's coming. They have to, they're not stupid. They've, you know, most of them have been in the league long enough to know how people feel about them and what happens when people feel that way about you. But for Joe Kelly to completely screw this up and not do it correctly, I can't defend your actions, Joe Kelly. You hit them in the butt, (laughs) you hit them in the leg. I'll defend you till I'm red in the face. I do not care. But throwing at their head is just, that's just uncalled for. Like that's, That's another, that's a whole nother can of worms that you shouldn't even be messing with. I, I do, like I said, if it were I on the mound and I was up against the Astros, some of these very vocal Astro players who, you know, had a lot to say before they were proven to be cheaters. Yes. I would be throwing at them all day long. Kick me out of a game. I'm cool with it. Hey coach. I'm probably going to get kicked out because I hate these guys and I'm going to throw at them, but I will not throw at their head. Come on, man. I mean, there's just a better way to go about it. Like I said, I was just very disappointed in how Joe Kelly handled that because he makes his actions hard to defend. And there is an entire league of teams that want to defend him and want to say, this is harsh. You can't give him eight games when he's throwing at a team of cheaters. You can't. But when you're throwing at somebody's head, you can't defend that. You, you just can't because you're, you're messing with that player's health and well-being when really you just need to send a message. So that's, that's how I feel about that. I think um, I'm probably not alone. I think there's probably a lot of people that agree with me. I have read quite a few people that are still defending Joe Kelly, which, you know, I understand. I get it. If you're a baseball player and you were a victim of the Houston Astros cheating scandal, I 100% get it but I cannot I cannot defend throwing at somebody's head. I just can't.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I think that the eight games is partially because he threw at people's heads. I think it's partially because he has done this before. This is not his first rodeo throwing at people's heads. I think it's also that he basically incited a benches clearing incident, which MLB cannot have during the pandemic. Like you can't, the whole thing is trying to isolate players and not increase exposure and a bunch of other stuff. So the second those benches clear and everybody's within two feet of each other or less, we have a problem, you know? So I think that that's the reason that it was such a harsh suspension.
1: Oh yeah. I definitely read that. His his previous um, previous behavior was part of why that suspension was so steep um, for this particular uh, thing. However, I will say that the shirts that are coming out with Joe, with uh, <laughs> Joe Kelly's, uh pouty face that he gave <laughs> to Carlos Correa. I may have to purchase one of those because I don't know if you've seen them, but they're in cub colors. They're in red and, and royal on a gray shirt. And I tell you what, that face is amazing. <laughs> and all I can picture is I don't know if you remember when I did uh the TikTok with my husband when um when we when I was making him do all the the honeydew stuff around the house and I was you know we were making the potty face like oh you don't like me (laughs) (laughs) that's what I that's I picture the noise that Joe Kelly is making when he makes that face "Hmm." oh you don't want to be strike struck out "Hmm."
0: It really was an A-plus uh, pouty face from Joe Kelly. I actually used it on an article yesterday because so it's like such a great shot of like...
1: You shouldn't cheat then. Oh, Carlos <laughs> Corey, I didn't know what pitch was coming. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, so the short version of this story is don't cheat uh, or you're going to get hit but also don't throw at people's heads because that's not cool. Um so, the Cubs start a series against the Pirates, three games at Wrigley Field starting on Friday. The matchup so far appear to be Trevor Williams versus Yu Darvish since he didn't pitch yesterday in the rainout in uh, Cincinnati. Then, Mitch Keller versus Tyler Chatwood, followed by TBA versus John Lester. I did a little bit of a look at what's going on with the Pirates and, like, do they have anybody who's particularly hot right now? So to put this in perspective, your Cubs are in first place. They're four and two. The Pirates are in last place. They're two and four. They do have some batters who have started out pretty hot. Colin Moran has a WRC plus of 214. Philip Evans has a WRC plus of 199. Uh, Jose Osuna has a WRC plus of 126. And then it is a steep drop off after that with their fourth best batter, Jacob Stallings, having a WRC plus of 21. And that is not 121. That is 21. That means he has been... <laughs> worse than the league average hitter so far. So I got to think the Cubs are in a good spot here, but baseball is baseball. So you never know what's going to happen. What do you think, Andy? I was going to
1: say this, to me, this looks on paper like a great opportunity for the Cubs to get um, another series win. Um, Now, you know, like you said, baseball is going to baseball. I mean, who knows at this point, who shows up how? I feel like the Pirates, no matter who is on their roster, no matter what names you recognize or don't recognize, they, everybody is going to show up p- to play the Cubs this year. Um, they always do. I mean, that's just – I don't know why. It just I feel like when I watch a team like the Pirates play like the Cardinals, which I did watch their first two games of the series against the Cardinals because they were opposite times of the Cubs games – They just, I feel like they just roll over and like, here Cardinals, here's a W we'll, we'll maybe think about playing tomorrow type thing. Um, But I don't ever feel like that's the case against the Cubs. I feel like teams really turn it on and really want to compete and go out and possibly get a W against the Cardinals or against the Cubs. I just don't understand what the difference is, you know? Um, And the, the Pirates have always played the Cubs well, but on paper, this should not be a tough series. This should be a good chance for you Darvish to come out and really, you know, show his stuff, have some confidence on the mound and put up a good solid outing. You know, I, I know everybody is so quick when he has a rough start or, you know, gives up one too many hits than what they feel he should. They're so quick to say worst contract ever. Worst contract ever. He's a head case. Give us our money back. Blah, blah, blah. I am not throwing the towel in on this guy. How quickly we forget the 2019 season, right? How quickly we forget how many innings this man went without a walk. Like I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt now until forever. As long as he's wearing a Cubs uniform, he has my confidence that he will go out there and give us a decent outing. And I honestly feel like this is a great chance for him to do that. This lineup is not a complicated, complicated lineup. It's not a loaded lineup. so, go out there and, you know, put up a good start, get this series started with a bang and let's go ahead and get another series win. If not a sweep. Um, I say that, but of course, you know, you know, I'm just looking at the perspective of on paper. Um, Somebody that I really want to see heat up in the lineup, somebody that I really want to see have a good series is Chris Bryant. We need that dude to um, I don't want to say figure it out because he knows, we need him to go up there and be the lead off hitter that he was when we were watching all those summer training games. And we got really excited about him being lead off. Um, he, he does not look good right now. He does not look comfortable. He looks completely off balance. He looks overmatched and some of the pitching he was facing, he should not have been overmatched at all. Um, yeah. So, I, you know, I, there's a couple things to watch for right there. You know, if If Chris Bryant is even still leading off um, the entire series, which I really hope that Ross stays consistent with that, because I think that's something that's really going to push him to, to break out and find his groove. And once he does, he's not, he's going to be good. He won't have a problem, but it's just right now. He's, he does not look, he does not look comfortable at the plate. And that's going to be a big thing for him to overcome. Um, Go ahead. Sorry. What is it with the Cubs and the leadoff spot? Why is the only person
0: on the team who can hit leadoff Anthony Rizzo? I do not get this at all. And I, I admit that I am very me- – like, like, I know that it's mentally different and da-da-da and the approach and this, that, and whatever. Like, I know I watch a lot of baseball. But I also – it just doesn't seem like it should change your approach that much to change where you are in the batting order. And it is infuriating to me to watch person after person, like how many players that are currently on the Cubs roster have been taken down by the leadoff spot right now. Ian Happ, Kyle Schwarber, Jason Hayward, like now Chris Bryant. I'm like (laughs) my kingdom for all of you to channel your inner Anthony Rizzo and just get up there and hit.
1: (laughs) I mean, and here's the thing, like, I You know how I feel about Dexter Fowler. I love Dexter Fowler. And th- his name keeps coming back up because he was probably the most consistent leadoff hitter that we've had in a very long time. But comparing him to like somebody like Chris Bryant, obviously Chris Bryant is a much better hitter than Dexter Fowler. I just... In that spot, holy cow. Yeah, I mean, you're 100% right. How can that spot, that spot in the lineup take down so many mammoth bats like chris bryant is chris bryant like dude rakes you know you put him in two you put him in three he rakes but that number one spot is just you just we just production wise has been a nightmare for us since we lost dexter fowler and i i don't know you know the one thing that kind of makes me ill and i know there was a lot of um a lot of downside to to going after this particular player, but who is it? What is it? Whitfield that plays for Kansas City now. Did he go to Kansas City? Uh, Whit Maryfield. Um, Whit Maryfield. Thank you. Second baseman, correct? Yes. Yes, he is raking at leadoff. I mean, if you go look at his numbers, I don't have them in front of me right now, but I just was glancing through stuff as I was. Um, getting ready to record this and just looking at some of the highlights and stuff on ESPN and MLB network, he looks amazing. So it's like, but he probably wouldn't look like that for the Cubs. (laughs) He probably wouldn't be doing that for the Cubs because that spot in the lineup is just, it's like a black hole. It's like a death trap. So hopefully Chris Bryant can take this opportunity against obvious weaker opponent, like, the Pittsburgh Pirates and and really get off to a start and and, and maybe just have a a clean start because yeah, he just looks, he looks lost and that's not who he is. And we don't want to see his struggles carry over into, you know, the defensive part of his game, because I mean, heck, he turned a triple play the other night. So.
0: (laughs) Oh, we're going to, we're going to end on that for sure. Um, I'm
1: saying that tongue in cheek, because if you
0: watch the replay, (laughs) No, 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 no. It, it, is, it is a triple play. I, I, before we get to the triple play and whether or not it was a triple play, because that is exactly what we are going to end on. Um, the Whitmerfield thing, I just want to point out that the Cubs have been involved in talks with the Royals about Whitmerfield before. As you might expect, their asking price for Whit is astronomically high. And I just don't think the Cubs are going to play it or pay it. So I think that what's going to happen is, there is that they're going to hope that Nico Horner can just develop into the Cubs own version of Mary Field, and that that is just not going to happen. Um, and I, I'm cool with that. Frankly, I don't want to see the Cubs give up the farm for somebody who probably will come to Chicago and forget how to bat lead off. So who knows?
1: <laughs> yeah. I would like to see Nico Horner develop into that, into that guy. And I think honestly he could be even better. He could be, um, I mean, the 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 bounds for him are endless. Like this kid has so much potential and he's already showing us that he is an amazing baseball player. He is everything as advertised as far as I'm concerned. And he's only getting better and more consistent and I'm loving it. And if we can slot him into that lead off and get KB back at two, I think everybody would be very, very happy about that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, for sure. Okay, let's go back to this triple play and was it, wasn't it? Here is my stance on the position on this issue, and <laughs> I am not changing my – look, people, I've been watching Cubs baseball since 1984, and in that time, they've turned two triple plays, and I missed both of them. I had to watch them on SportsCenter because I don't remember what I was doing, but I wasn't home just watching the game. So – Wednesday night was the first time in my lifetime as a Cubs fan that I saw the Cubs turn a triple play. And as far as I'm concerned, it's a triple play. I don't care about the replay. I don't care that the ball bounced. It is in the books as the 80th triple play in franchise history. There were no outs and then Bryant made a play and there were three outs. And that's it.
1: That's it. (laughs) I love you. (laughs) Listen, I agree because I, I laugh about it. Um, I think the funniest thing that I saw, if you guys can go back this far on Twitter, because Lord knows that there's been a lot of activity over the past couple of days. Um, the Chicago Cubs, and yes, it was a triple play. There's no asterisk. It, there's a triple. It's a triple play. There was no review. You can't review that play. Blah, blah, blah. It's a triple play. Yes. Three outs. No outs. Three outs. We got it. The Chicago Cubs did something hilarious that, um, like I said, if you have a minute, go back and find it because it's well worth it. So if you watch the video replay, it's a video shot from behind Chris Bryant where you can clearly see that there is a mark in the dirt and it's not from Chris Bryant's glove. But they... They did a little editing job where all you see is the ball being hit to Chris Bryant, Chris Bryant laying out, catching the ball. And then all of a sudden he's on third base. <laughs> like You don't even <laughs> see where the ball could have possibly touched the ground. Like the, the little snippet was cut out of that video. So Bleacher Nation brought attention to this and they're like, Oh, I love what you've done here. Chicago Cubs. And they're like, what? This is right. This is straight from the broadcast itself. <laughs> it's just, it was, it was a very funny exchange. And I giggled quite a bit because, I was watching the game. I replayed it myself probably five or six times.